Come on in and welcome to On The Being Podcast. I am so excited that you have joined me, the host, Marquita Green, as I have come to empower you and to inspire and encourage you to find the balance in your life. You know where it is to be on the beam of life, that place where you might be overwhelmed, that place where you are wearing so many hats, and you might feel a little unbalanced and a little off kilter. Well, hopefully these few nuggets that I will give you will just keep you grounded and allow you to find balance while on the beam of life. Stay tuned. Amen. Blessings to each and every one of you who have taken time out of your day, taken time out of your schedule to convene on this Monday night. Hopefully you all can hear me okay. I'm so excited about the opportunity to just share a little bit with you all. As you all, I'm sure, are aware, anytime God allows you to speak a word of encouragement, a word of empowerment, any type of word to somebody else, he's going to deal with you about that word first. But it is, we're almost halfway through the year. It's so hard to believe that we are already in the fifth month of the year, the fifth month of this year of God's blessing and his covenant and all of the things that he promised us. And some of us are experiencing the blessing. Some of us are experiencing the promises. And then there are some of us that are thinking, I can't believe we're halfway, almost halfway through the year. And this year hasn't looked like much. I haven't accomplished much. I've had a lot of stress and turmoil. And I don't know about you all, but I fit in that latter category. I fit in the category that says, if you only knew what the last six or seven months of my life was, if you really knew what the first five months of this 2022 looked like, you'd probably be weeping and mourning with me. But that's not what we're doing tonight. We're here celebrating. We're here uplifting because in spite of what it is, we're in the month of grace. We are in the fifth month, which is the month of grace. And so matter, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, there's a grace that falls on each and every one of us. And if you don't take anything else from this call, just know that you are in the season of grace and that God's goodness is still upon you, that God's hand is still holding you, that God is still watching over you. He's still covering and keeping you in the good and in the bad. And that is what I really want to impress upon you tonight. As God was speaking to me over the last couple of weeks, there was one word that he dropped in my spirit. And that is the one word that I came to share with you all tonight. And that word is yield. That word is yield. This is our season to yield some things. We are yielding. And somebody may be saying, okay, what what is that all about? And we're going to get into that. But I want you to, as you're thinking about that word yield, I want you to think about where you are in this season of your life. What has the first five months of 2022 look like? What were you thinking and feeling on yesterday? What were you experiencing? The highs and lows of this month, the highs and lows of this year, as we are traveling along this life's journey, as we are moving into the things of God, what has that looked like and what has that felt like? And as we as you all are thinking about where you are on this journey, there's a reason why I started the way I started. 
And I want you to think about life as a journey, whether it's your motherhood journey, whether it's your journey in ministry, whether it's your journey in the workplace. It's a journey that we travel on. And life's journey is much like traveling on a road. And if you think about life, if you think about these journeys and the hats, as uh, Pastor Ward McNish was even praying over me, and as she was listening to some of the titles, I thought, my God, how do we navigate those many hats, those many positions in one person? And so many of you on this call are doing the same thing. And I want you to think about those roles that you exist in as a journey traveling down a road. There are some times where you're traveling down a road and you're trying to get your bearings right. You're trying to figure out how do you even get on that highway. There are some bumps. There's some merging that has to take place as you are, are trying to think of how do I act in the role of a mother and how do I act in the role of a wife. There's some merging that has to take place and that you merging your roles on the highway. As you are a woman in ministry, what does that look like? How are you merging these positions and these lanes together? No matter who you are, there are some things that you're merging. There's this way that you merge your speech. There's a way that you merge your dress. There's a way that you merge how you carry yourself. And these are how you're getting your bearings as you navigate this journey called life. Some of us get on our highway of life and we're able to just cruise forward. We're able to just go forward full blast. We're hitting every targeted goal that we set. We're hitting everything that we put on our vision board at the beginning of the year. We don't have any bumps in the roads, and we're just able to go straight forward and cruise straight ahead. Some of us speed down the road. Some of us drive the speed limit down the road figuratively and spiritually. Some of us are just going full force ahead in what God has called us to do. And that's amazing, but that doesn't happen for everybody. So what happens when you experience some traffic patterns on that road? What happens when you're driving down the road and you get into a roadblock? You didn't realize that there was some construction on the road. There was something that happened that caused an accident that caused you to completely stand still. Where are you on your highway of life? Where Are you cruising down the road or have you come to a complete stop? Do you feel like something has happened in your marriage that just kind of derailed some things in your life? Do you feel like something happened in your journey of motherhood where it just got you stumped and you don't know how to navigate around the roadblock? Do you feel like something has happened in your career where you hit that block, where you came to a stopping point and you, you don't see how the promotion is going to happen? You don't see that there's a way out. You don't see that that new job is coming. You just are having some trouble navigating these new traffic patterns, these new conditions, these unexpected things that come up. It's almost like going down the road during rush hour traffic. You never know what you're going to get. Sometimes you can anticipate that I'm going to have to stop, that I'm going to have to take a step back, that I'm going to have to slow down. But sometimes you hit that traffic at the right time and you can still go straight ahead. That's what happens in life. So we've merged, we might be on cruise control, or we might hit some things in the road that cause us to stop. But then there are these moments where you're going ahead and you're going straight down the highway, life seems to be just peachy keen, everything is going well, but then you have to 
yield. There's that word that God sent to my spirit. You've got to yield sometimes. And my question to you is, what does that look like? As you're thinking about what that looks like, yes, we're going to get into the actual definition of what it means to yield, but I want you to really be thinking about what your life looks like and all of the things that you're merging together, all of the roles, the roles and the positions that you carry. What, where are you on this journey? Where are you on the highway of life? Are you cruising ahead? Are you at a complete stop? Or have you yielded? And we're going to talk more about what that yield means. As I was thinking about that, when the Holy Spirit said to me, daughter, I need you to yield, all I could do was drop to my knees and really focus on what that looked like. And I had to get that yield sign in my mind. And if you think because you're thinking about the highway, I want you to get what that yield sign on that highway looks like. What it is is a regulatory sign. And so I went back and I looked it up. What is a regulatory sign? A regulatory sign, by definition, is a sign that is used to reinforce, reinforce traffic laws. It reinforces regulations. It reinforces requirements that apply to specific times and places about where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing on a street or a highway. When you think about these regulatory signs, they are intended to guide your direction. And a yield sign is specifically set in place to indicate that there's somebody else that's merging, that there's a merging driver that as a merging driver, rather, you have to be prepared to stop. You have to be prepared to let another driver approach, and you have to proceed cautiously. My question to you is, when you're driving down the highway, whether it's naturally or spiritually, are you yielding? And I want you to think about that for a minute. Are you actually yielding? When you break down this idea, yes, I'm talking pretty technical in the figurative sense, in the sense that whether we're driving on the on 95, on 495, on a daily basis to get back and forth to work, whether we're hitting over to Christiana Mall, whether we're going down to D.C. for something, whether you're driving on the highway consistently or not, think about what you, how you used to travel. Think about when you're heading on a road trip. But I also want you to think about what this looks like in the spirit. What traffic signs are you facing in the spirit? Are you on cruise control where you're hitting your goals, where you're getting in God's presence, where you're pressing into him? Or have you come to a complete stop where you're crying out to God saying, God, where are you? God, I don't see you. God, I can't move. I can't move to my right. I can't move to my left because there's nothing ahead. I can't move forward because I don't see my way forward. I can't go backwards because there's somebody waiting behind me. I feel like I'm at a complete stop, and I don't hear you telling me to move forward. Are you in a place of yielding where you are allowing somebody else to take control? And that's what we're going to talk about. If you're not yielding, if you are not willing to get to a place where you're allowing somebody else to merge in, where you're allowing somebody else to take the lead, then guess what? You run the risk of a collision. Let me say that again. If you're not willing to get into a place, posture, and position to yield to somebody else to take control, for somebody else to take the lead, for somebody else to guide your feet, 
you run the risk of collision. And so many of us, we are so focused on moving forward that we don't see, my God, when it's time to yield. We don't understand when it's time for us to refocus and to do something different because we as women, we as mothers, we as wives, we as ministry leaders, we tend to be in positions where we've got to take control. We've got to take the lead. If we don't guide the babies, who's going to guide them? If we don't help our husbands navigate, who's going to guide them? If we don't take control of the ministry, who's going to lead it? And so we as women, we naturally are in a position of control. But in this season, God is saying whether you're cruising along without any breaks, without any issues, whether you feel like you're at a total stop or not, he's saying, I need you to be willing to yield. I need you to be willing to let your guard down. I need you to be willing to let somebody else take control. You heard the woman of God read earlier for us, James 4, and that wasn't by accident. And so I want you to think about the words that you heard. She read James 4, verses 4 through 10, and I'm going to read those to you. And I'm going to read them again because I want us to focus on what that looks like, and I want you to think about what yielding looks like in the context of James 4, verses 4 through 10. It reads as follows. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? This is what scripture says. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So many of us have heard these words over and over, but I want to present it to you in a different way. I want to present it to you as you consider yielding What does that look like in this context? In verse 4 and 6, it gives us options. In verse 4, he asks the question, are you going to be a friend of the world or are you going to be a friend to God? In verse 6, it says, are you going to oppose the proud? Are you going to be proud or are you going to be humble? When you're thinking about what it looks like to yield in this season of your life, I came to remind you that as you're yielding, it is your choice as the driver on the road, as you're in the driver's seat of your life, as you're in the driver's seat of your life's journey, you have options. You have choices to make. You have decisions to make. Are you going to yield and allow somebody else to go ahead of you Or are you going to go ahead and jump on over into that left-hand lane? Are you taking control or are you allowing somebody else to take control? Are you being a friend to the world or are you being a friend to God? That is what James 4 and 4 asks. He says in verse 5, 
do you think that the spirit within you was placed there for a reason? Are you recognizing the spirit that has been placed on the inside of you? You know that scripture says that before you were born, before you were even created, God knew you. He had a plan for you. He had a purpose for you. He set you apart, that he called you to nations. When you understand that he specifically breathed life into you for a reason, for a call, and for a purpose, the question that he goes forward and asks, are you going to be proud or are you going to humble yourself before him? Are you going to... to make it like you're on this life's journey all by yourself, that you have total and complete control, or are you going to humble yourself and allow somebody else to take the front seat? Are you going to allow somebody else to take the lead? Can you take a step back and realize that you're not in total control? Can you put your foot, pull your foot off the gas for a little bit, not come to a complete stop, but can you pull your foot off the gas and allow someone else to come in. Can you humble yourself enough to let somebody else take control? As you think about those verses, verses 7 through 10 are going to show us exactly how to yield. Now that you know you have choices, he sent verses 4 through 6 to show us that we have choices, that we have to accept where we are. But then in verses 7 through 10, he gave us a blueprint on how to yield. And that's the blueprint I'm going to share with you on tonight. In verse 7, he specifically says that you yield by submitting yourself to God. He says if you submit yourself to God, then you will be able to resist the devil and the devil will flee. And so as you're on a life's journey and you feel like you're being attacked on every side, you feel like you're not able to go forward, you feel like you don't know which way is forward, which way is back, you can't jump over to your right or your left, and you may feel like you're all alone. But if you submit yourself to him, if you yield to him by submitting to God, then the enemy will flee. And you may say, well, what does that look like in the spirit? A lot of times we hear this is how you do something, or this is all, all you need to do is submit. But what does that look like? I ask myself that question all the time. So for the person that is asking themselves, how do I submit to God? He says, I sent you an example through Ruth. If you think about the story of Ruth, if you think about who she is and how she walked out her life, Ruth was able to, when Naomi was about to go back, to her homeland, and I won't get into all of the details because I know you all know these stories and can go back and read them, but I'll just set the tone for you. When Naomi was going to go back home to her family, she told Ruth, you go back. You go back to your natural family. You go back to the Moabite from where you came and because I don't have anything left to offer you. Ruth said, I'm not going to do that because I'm submitted to God. God placed me in your path, and I have to follow that vision. Yes, I could turn away and I can go back. Yes, I can resort back to what I know. Yes, I can put, I can see the stop sign and say that this journey of my life has come to an end, and I can take a detour, and I can get off this, this life's journey. I can get off this Naomi Highway. And I can go back to my family, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to resist the temptation to go backward from whence I came. And instead, I'm going to submit myself to where God has placed me. I'm going to 
submit myself to the plan. I'm going to submit myself to the call, and I'm going to go forward, and I'm still going to follow you, Naomi. It may not look the way you think it's going to look, but I believe in a God that's in you, and I'm submitted to the call. I'm submitted to this family, and so I'm going to go forward. And so my question to you as you consider the submission unto God, have you fully submitted yourself to God? When you are ready to yield to God on this life's journey, the first thing you do is submit yourself to God. In verse 8, he says that you come near God, have clean hands, and purify your heart. What does that look like? Coming near to God and having clean hands and pure, a pure heart looks like Esther. It looks like going before the Father and saying, I don't have all the answers. When you think about what happened in Esther's story, all, she was already in position. She was already made the queen. She had already replaced somebody. She already had favor. Her cousin asked her to go before the king to save a nation of people, and she said, I can't do that. Who am I to do that? And then she had to go back. And so coming to God looks like exactly what Esther said. She said, you know what? Let's go on a three-day fast. And what did she do that fast for three days is when she got in God's presence. She submitted herself to God. She rested at his feet. She turned down her plate, and she said, Lord, I need to come to you with a clean heart, with a pure heart and clean hands. I can't go before the king dirty. I can't go before him proud. I can't go to him in any way except cleansed and purified. And so she went to God in a fast. She fasted and she prayed. She cleansed her hands, purified her heart through the three-day fast before she approached the king. By doing that, that was her yielding to God and said, in my own strength, my God, I hope you all are hearing this. She said, I can't do this. I don't have the courage, the confidence, the boldness to walk forth before the king. But you know what I know? I know that if I come to God, as scripture says in verse 8, in James 4 and 8, if I go to God, if I get near him, if I get in his presence, he will cleanse me and purify me and he will pave the way. As you are yielding to God in this season of your life, as you are yielding your marriage unto God, as you are yielding your children to God, as you are yielding your finances to God, are you coming to God with a pure heart and clean hands saying, I don't have the answers myself. I don't have the strength myself, but I know the God who does. And I'm going to him to ask him to make me whole, and I'm putting it in his hands so that he can have the way. When you think about what happened, and let me go back for a second, because Ruth submitted herself to God, she found her Boaz. Because Esther came to God and cleansed her hands and purified her heart, she was able to go before the king, and she was able to save a nation of people. These are the ways that you yield to God. He says, let me go even further. In verse 9, he tells us that we need to be vulnerable. Yes, we as women, we're strong, we're mighty, we can handle it. But as we think about what that looks like, even in the month of May, even while we're in Mental Health Awareness Month, 
he came to send me to tell you that even as strong as you are, your mental health matters, and we have to be vulnerable. He specifically said, grieve, mourn, and wail. He said, no longer do I want you to walk around with all of these smiles, and I don't want you to just keep having all of these, this pretend joy. I want you to come to me, and I want you to lay it down to my feet. I need you, when, when you think about yielding, yielding is about conflict. There's a potential for conflict. Remember I said if you don't yield, you run the risk of a collision. When someone is trying to get on that highway that you're already on, if you don't let that person continue to go ahead, if you say, I'm just going to go ahead, there's conflict. So when you see that there's a space of conflict approaching, when you know there's there's some tension in your spirit, when you know that there's a communication glitch, when you know there's some funny money, when you know that something's not right, that is your space to be vulnerable before the Lord. That is your space to release control, not just any control, but to release control to the Father whom we serve. He says, if you bring it to me, if you bring all of your vulnerability to me, if you are able to grieve, if you are able to warn, if you are able to wail, I will hear your cries and I will answer them. Are you willing to release control unto the Heavenly Father? What does this look like in Scripture? It looks like what Hannah did, and we've talked about Hannah before. When Hannah got to a point where she could no longer carry the weight on her own, are you driving down the highway of life saying, I can't carry this burden anymore. I feel somebody in the spirit saying, I wanted to give up. I couldn't take it. I hit rock bottom. Have your Hannah moment. Hannah went to a place where she wailed before the father so much so that Eli thought that she was drunk. She says, I'm not drunk. I'm just pouring out my heart to God. I'm just grieving before my father. I'm mourning. I'm wailing before my father. When she went and had this moment, when she had this rock-bottom moment and said, I can't do it on my own, that was Hannah yielding her life, yielding her sorrows, yielding her grief to the Father. She let her laughter subside. She stepped away from the situation with Penina and said, I can't handle this anymore. I can't put this smile up. I'm not going to be fake anymore. I can't carry the weight anymore. She got before the Father and she let it go. She wailed like only a willing woman could wail. And in that moment, she released it all to the Father. She yielded control of her situation, of her barrenness to the Father, and he heard her cry. When she yielded to the Father through her tears and through her wail and her cry, he heard her and she became with child. This is what it looks like to yield control to the Father. And he's saying somebody hasn't yielded, but in this season, I'm giving you permission to yield. The final thing he said in this text of Scripture is to humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. You've got to humble yourself. Humbling yourself says, I don't have the answer, and I'm going to allow the Lord to take the lead. This is exactly what yielding looks like. This is exactly what yielding feels like. And you're wondering what that looks like in Scripture. It looks like the widowed woman 
who fell into debt when her husband left her with the two children. When she said, their creditors are coming after me, and they're threatening to take my pride and joy. They're threatening to take away from me whatever I have. Somebody is at the brink of losing everything, and you don't know what to do. Your car is being repossessed. Perhaps your home is in foreclosure. Perhaps your ministry is folding. Perhaps your marriage feels like it's crumbling. Perhaps your, your children are wayward. Perhaps your children are experiencing something that you don't know how to pull them out of. That is the debt that you didn't create, but however it exists. The question is, what do I do in these circumstances? You humble yourself and you let the Lord take the lead. This little woman said, I don't know what to do. And she turned to Elijah and said, prophet, what do I do? She understood that she didn't have all the answers. She didn't carry the weight on her own. She humbled herself and went to somebody and said, I'm weak. She went to somebody and said, I'm vulnerable. She went to somebody and said, I don't have any more answers. She went to somebody and said, I need help. And when she did, he gave her instruction, and she was humble enough to follow the instruction. She did exactly what the prophet told her. And when she did that, when she was humble enough to go seek help and not carry that weight on her own, she got instruction. And when she followed the instruction, when she was humble enough to say, okay, I don't know if this is going to work, but I have all I have is some oil. I'll do what you say. She started to have enough oil that overflowed. She had she got so much oil that she didn't have enough jars to continue filling the she had more oil than she had jars. Are you willing to humble yourself to the point of overflow, my God? Are you willing to allow yourself to say, I don't have the answer? I have to let God take control. I can't continue to cruise forward on 90. I can't continue to go forward the way I'm going. I have to give some rest to myself. I have to let my foot up off of the gas, and I have to let God come in and take control. I have to let somebody else who has the answers give me the answers because I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what to do. Can you humble yourself and let the Lord take the lead? I don't know which woman you are. I don't know if you're having a Ruth moment. I don't know if you're having an Esther moment. I don't know if you've got to well like Hannah or you've got to be humble like the woman, the widow woman with the debt and the creditors after her wanting to take away her prized possession. But I want to leave you with this idea that when you yield, the definition of yielding is to produce. So when you submit yourself to God, when you go to God for clean hands and a pure heart, when you're able to release and be vulnerable and allow him to take control, and when you humble yourself, that's all of that is yielding. That's how you yield. But when you yield, when you allow God to have center stage, when you allow him, Jesus, when you step aside and say, I'm going to let you take control, that's when you can produce the harvest. Whatever it is that is going on in your life, whatever it is that you're waiting for, whatever it is you're hoping to produce, all you've got to do is yield. And when you physically yield, you will manifest. You will yield in the natural. I hope you're catching that. You 
there's guilt has multiple definitions. You have to physically do something. But when you do those things and when you yield your life to God, when you yield him control of this journey of life, no matter how many hats you're trying to merge together, no matter whether you're cruising along or you feel like you're at a stop sign, when you allow God, when you yield to God and his position in your life, you will yield everything that he has set forth for you. You will produce all of the fruit that he has already set forth in your life. You will reap the harvest that was already destined for you. The question is, will you yield in order to yield? I want you to think about that as you go ahead and unmute yourself. As you unmute, I want you to think about where you are in this journey of life. The people that are connected to you, where are they in their journey of life? Is this a word for you? Is this a word for you to share? I want you to go ahead and unmute and let me know if you have any prayer requests. In this season, we're walking into a season in this month of grace. There's a grace on our lives that says you have everything you need to do to yield to me, me being the father. And when you yield to the father, he is not going to be able to do anything but fulfill his promise to you for you to yield the fruit, Jesus, that he's already predestined for you. Are you willing to yield in order to yield? At this time, I welcome you to unmute and let me know if you have any prayer requests before I do a corporate prayer. Amen, minister. Awesome word. Awesome, awesome word. My prayer request tonight is for um, Minister Erica Arthur, our friend, whose brother passed over the weekend. So I'm just going to pray for her family. Amen. Any other prayer requests? Hearing none, let us look before the throne. Heavenly and gracious Father, we thank you, Father. We thank you for who you are, O oh God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, O oh God. We thank you for allowing us to convene on this Monday night one more time to just press into your presence, one more time to open up our hearts and our spirits to receive a word from you, O oh God. As we go beyond this call, O God, we pray that you just continue to humble us, O God. We pray that you continue to open our hearts and our spirits that we might yield so that we can yield, O God. We pray that you will show us the choices that are set before us, O God, so that we can go forth and do the things that you're calling us to do, O God. I pray that you continue to allow us to submit ourselves to you, O God, in the same way that Ruth submitted to you in the name of Jesus. I pray that you allow us to come to you so that you can cleanse our hands and purify our hearts in the same way that Esther did. Show us where we need to turn down our place, O God. Show us where we need to press into you through prayer and fasting so that we can yield the results that you have already predestined us to yield, O God. As we come before you, O God, with our vulnerable hearts, 
as we come to yes, you with Lord. our grief and our mourning, oh God, we pray that you just be able to, that you begin to touch us right where we are, oh God, that you hear the cries of our hearts, oh God, that you allow us to grieve with our sister, oh God, as you cover each yes, and every Lord. one of us with our losses, we send a special prayer up for our sister Erica Arthur, oh God, you know the woman of God is a powerful woman, and we know that she knows you, oh God, but we send a special prayer that she is able to grieve with you in this hour, that she yields yes, to you in her grief Lord. moment, oh God, knowing that you are in total and complete control. And as she and her family are grieving the the passing of a dear loved one, oh God, we pray that you strengthen them in their grief. We pray that you hear their silent cries, oh God. We pray that you begin to show them that your promises will still be fulfilled, oh God, that you are still making covenants even in that place of peace, oh God. And so we pray that you just uplift them right where they are, oh God, that you strengthen them on every side, oh God, that you allow them to know that there's still power in the passing, oh God, that there's still work that you're doing, that even in this moment, as they yield to you their grief, oh God, we thank you for yielding a harvest on the other side of their grief in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in that family, oh God, and the strength that you're giving them and the fruit that is going to be produced even on the other side of this grief, oh God. Any other unspoken grief, oh God, we just lay it down at your feet, oh God. In the same way that you heard Hannah's cry, hear our silent cries right now in the spirit realm, oh God. The cries that we had on last week, the cries that we had on last month, the cries that we had at the start of the year, the cries that you know are coming your way, oh God. Strengthen us in those moments, oh God. And humble us, oh God, that we will allow you to take the lead, that we recognize that we don't have all the answers. We've been doing some things in our own way, oh God. We've been doing some things Without you, oh, oh God, we've been taking a rain, oh God. We thought we knew the direction and the path, oh God, but we invite you in, oh God. We're humble enough to invite you in so that you can take control, oh God, so that you can lead and guide our footsteps because your word says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so we pray that you will just order our steps as we go forward, oh God. We pray that you just begin to give us vision, that you begin to give us direction, that you begin to give us wisdom on what to do, oh God, that you show us wise counsel. Your word says that you give us wise counsel for a reason, and so we're not meant to carry out this journey on our own, but connect us to who we need to be connected to so that we can go forth and seek the help that we need to walk out the vision that you've entrusted us with, oh God. Cover us and keep us on every side. I pray that you cover our families, oh God, that you protect our marriages, that you strengthen our level of communication within our homes in the name of Jesus, that you watch over each and every child connected to us, whether they're infants or adults, oh God, whoever it is that is a part of our families, whether we are listening live or in the recording, strengthen our homes, oh God. The enemy is coming in to destroy our families, oh God, who is the crux of this nation, oh God. But we submit our homes, Jesus. our families to you in the name of Jesus, that you can have total and complete control. We are submitting ourselves to you, and the devil has no choice but to flee. He is not coming in to destroy our homes, our families, our marriages in the name of Jesus. We pray that you continue to touch our finances, that you can touch the provision for the ministry, the provision for the business, the provision for our next step, the provision for our retirement, the provision for the things that are yet to come, oh God. We submit ourselves and humble ourselves that you will have your divine way, oh God. Show us the direction, oh God. Show us how you want us to go forth, oh God. Show us the things of you, oh God. Not our will, but thy will shall be done in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, we submit ourselves. We yield ourselves to you, oh God. 
mind, body, and spirit, oh God. Have your divine way in our lives. Touch our bodies right now. For some of our bodies are feeling weak in the name of Jesus. We're weak in the spirit, oh God, but we pray for your healing hands to just touch us and cover us. For your word says that when we press into you, that healing is ours in the name of Jesus. And so we're coming to you for healing of our mind, healing of our bodies, oh God. Whatever is aching us, whatever body part is aching us, whatever mentally is trying to take us out, we submit those things to you right now in the name of Jesus. We yield them to you so that you can have your way. We allow you, we welcome you in to take total and complete control of every aspect of our lives, every position, every role that we have. We're yielding it to you. We're giving you back control, and we're submitting it to you and humbling ourselves that you will have your divine way. Father, we trust you, oh God, and what it is that you're doing and how it is that you're moving. And we're welcoming you in to take total and complete control. We're letting our feet off the gas, and we're letting you come in to lead us and guide us like only you can. Thank you for what it is that you're doing. Thank you for the way that you're moving, even as you're speaking to us right now and showing us yeah, how Lord, it is that we need to heal somebody else and how we need to take the lead for somebody else, oh God. Show us who to speak to. Show us who we're building up in this season. Show us what it is that you're calling us to do next with the things that you've placed in our hands. Purify our hearts, O oh God. Cleanse our hands, O oh God. Anything that is in us that is not like you, cleanse it and purify it right now in the name of Jesus. Begin to do a new work, O oh God. Begin to do a new work in us in the name of Jesus. Have your divine way, O oh God. Have your way like only you can. Father, we love you and we praise you. We submit and commit ourselves to you. We're humble before you. And we're back on a potter's wheel so that you can make us modish and shape us like only you can. Have your divine way. Father, we love you and we praise you. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of On the Being. I hope that you have gotten some word or some nugget of empowerment or encouragement, motivation and inspiration to just keep you balanced and focused while on the beam of life. Come back for the next episode and be sure to share this podcast with your friends, families and loved ones. I love you. I'll be praying for you. And I am here standing in the gap with you. Have a great day. Peace.